Amen. Well, let's take this time to go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, just to look at your word together, to worship you in spirit and truth. Lord, we pray that, as has already been saying today, that, um, Lord, that we would understand that fear is a liar. It doesn't come from God. You haven't given us a spirit of fear, but you've given us a spirit of power. And, Lord, uh, many times blessings do come through difficulties and trials and hardships but Lord we are more than overcomers in you and you've overcome the things of this world so even in the midst of these times that Lord we may feel fear and anxiety and worship Lord as we worship you we just sense the fears leaving and so as we come to you today Lord give us clear hearts and minds that we might hear from you and accepting hearts and minds that we might Learn more about who our God really is as we try to live this life courageously for you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your scriptures, you can turn with me to John chapter 16. Uh, I had been planning a sermon to uh, kind of start a a new series on victorious living or or living courageously. And and then Janet, uh, my sister, posted this passage uh, on Facebook yesterday, and after she posted it, I just couldn't get it off of my mind, and so uh, the Lord has kind of just led me here. We're going to focus, of course, on verses 32 and 33 in John chapter 16, but I just kind of want to set the the stage for you, what's actually going on, uh, so that you can understand the context of the words that our Lord Jesus is speaking to his disciples here. And so Christ in John 16 begins to tell his disciples a little more straightforwardly that he's about to be crucified, he's about to die. And so he goes through 16, he basically says this, you're about to be without me. I'm about to be gone. He even goes so far to to predict, you're going to leave me alone and go to your own homes. You're going to leave me all by myself. Of course, this would have been news to the disciples, Because at this point, they're ready to follow him wherever he might call. And just a few hours later, they're going to be running and fleeing for their own life. Peter will be denying the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Lord Jesus is is telling them in advance, you're about to become sorrowful. You're about to experience a time of sorrow in your life. But I'm telling you these things. I'm telling you all about this in advance so that when that time comes... You don't have to live defeated, but you can be more than an overcomer and you can have peace even in the midst of those times. He's not just talking about these times, but even predicting that after I'm gone, you will continue to have problems. You're going to continue to struggle in this life. They're going to continue to be sicknesses. They're going to continue to be oppressions and and people who will come against you and lies that may be told about you. But in those times, remember that you can still have peace. Even in the midst of all the tribulation this world can throw our way, we can still have peace in Jesus Christ. And so that's kind of setting the stage. Just as soon as this passage is spoken, he's going to stop and pray for them. He's going to turn and pray the high priestly prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ that we might become one as he and the Father are one. That that the Father might look after them and take care of them in this time it's about to come. It's It's kind of interesting and it's overwhelming in a sense that the Lord Jesus is about to go to the cross and he's praying that we might be okay. And so that kind of gives you the context of what's going on before the Lord Jesus telling the disciples, I'm about to leave you. 
And you're going to face sorrow. You're going to face some troubles. You're going to face some difficulties in that time. Uh, but don't give up. Don't give up. And so it brings us to our passage today. And I'm just going to read from my copy of God's Word, verses 29 through 33. Our central focus is going to be on, on verse 33, of course. But after telling his disciples that he's about to leave the world, that he's about to leave them, he says to them in, in 29, or his disciples speak to him first, his disciples said, oh, oh, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. And Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you'll be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Here's the picture. Oh, now you believe that I'm the Son of God. Now you believe that I'm from God. Now you believe that I know all things. And yet in just a moment, you're going to all leave me. You're going to be scattered to your own homes and leave me by myself. That's something we should maybe just take a moment and think about. Those who walked and talked and lived with the Lord Jesus Christ for three years of ministry, who knew Him better than anyone else, had a personal, literal, physical relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, saw him perform miracles, heard his teachings firsthand. And Jesus says, my hour has come. Right? He starts by saying, the hour is close. In fact, it's already come when you're going to be scattered and you'll leave me alone. I wonder how many times that we do the same. I mean, it's not just something that happened to the first century disciples. It's not just those who were walking. But it's us as believers in Christ. There are times when we find ourselves in trouble, right? There are times we can come to church and, boy, we feel so good. And, and we leave church on top of the world. And then something happens and immediately our minds completely lost focus of who Christ is and who we are in Christ. You believe. And now you're going to leave me. And then the Lord continues. But even though you leave me, he says, yet I'm not alone. For the Father is with me. And then he gives them these instructions. I've said these things. And so he tells them all that's going to happen. I'm about to die. You're about to leave me. But even when you leave me, I'm not alone. The Father is with me. And then he says, but I'm telling you these things. Here's the reason why I'm telling you these things. Verse 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Isn't it something that Christianity, uh, straight up, uh, just right up front, lets you know in this life there are going to be some problems? Christianity doesn't say if you just believe then all your problems go away. Christianity says as Christians you still live in a sinful fallen world that has the curse of sin and so none of us are exempt from things. Can, can God heal people? Of course God can heal. Is there anything too difficult for God to, to heal or to answer? There's nothing too difficult for God. Is there anything that's impossible with God? There's nothing impossible with God. But in this life here's the truth. We face problems. We, we face sickness, and we face disease, and we face marital problems, and we face financial problems, and we have difficulties in relationships. 
All because we live in a sinful world. Many of the times we bring problems on ourselves, and many of the times we've done nothing whatsoever. The problem finds us. And the answer is not looking to who God is, right? That's not the reason that we're hurting. The reason we're hurting is to look at the sinfulness of mankind, not, not just our sin. Listen, I'm not saying that if you suffer, it's because you sinned. I'm saying you're suffering because we live in a world full of sin. But Jesus tells us, even though you're going to have these times of trouble, I'm telling you these things so that in me, you can have peace. And then he gives a contradiction in a sense, or, or just the, a picture of the other side of the coin. In me, you have peace. In the world, you have tribulation. It, I want you to notice it's not an either or, it's a both and. In me you can have peace, and in the world you'll have tribulation. Can both of these take place at the same time? According to the Lord Jesus Christ, they do happen at the same time. I'm telling you these things that you might have peace in me. In this world there will be tribulation. We, we can go through tribulation with the very peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to go through tribulation on our own. Uh, Christ did not go through his trials on his own. In fact, he said, well, you leave me, but I'm not alone. The Father's with me. We have that same thing. We may feel like we're all alone. We're, we're going through tribulation, we're going through problems, and we may feel like we're facing these by ourselves. And I want to encourage you today that you're not facing these problems by yourself. You're not going through these circumstances by yourself. But in fact, Jesus Christ, who endured similar circumstances, is going through it with you. So even when you feel most alone, remember the words of the song Rodney sang, fear is a liar. Fear will tell you you are by yourself. You're, you're all alone. There is nothing you can do. This situation is beyond your control. It is hopeless. All is lost. Just give up now. That's what fear would tell us. But as Rodney's saying, fear's a liar. The truth is the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, he declared himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Here's the truth. Jesus Christ said, in me you can have peace. And even though others may leave you alone, you're not alone because God is with you. Christ didn't face his trials alone. He didn't go through his arrest and his trial by himself, but he went through it with the Father. Then he says this, In me you can have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. But take heart. I've overcome the world. Now this is beautiful. So let's kind of put this together. Let's see where this leads us. First, in Christ there's peace. We're talking about peace that passes understanding. So, so here's what I'm saying. Even as a Christian, when I'm going through struggles, there's a peace that is available to me that is beyond anything I can understand or explain to you. It, it is incomprehensible. How I can face such loss at times and still be at such peace. 
As Christians, when we experience these times in our life, we recognize them. But even it surprises us. Amen? Like there are times when we go through that seem so overwhelming or things we know are on the horizon and we're just, boy, we're fearful. We're anxious about what we're about to to go through. We know kind of what's about to happen, what's going to take place, and we're not sure we can even handle it. We won't even allow our minds to go there. We just kind of try to live in the moment when times get really difficult. And this is the truth. When those moments come in your life, you will have the peace of God that is even beyond your own understanding. And the closer we walk with Him and the longer we walk with Him, the more we can't understand the peace that He provides and He gives. It just becomes more measurable every day that I walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. I sense more peace. Even when everything may be crumbling around me. In me, you have peace. I've told you these things. Don't be surprised, church, when trouble comes. I'm telling you these things ahead of time. I'm telling you before they happen. I would not have you be surprised. Isn't this, some, this is our Lord Jesus Christ talking to his disciples. Hey, disciples, I don't want you to be caught off guard. I don't want you to go into this time where I'm being taken from you. I don't want you to go through this time where I'm being handed over. I don't want you to go through this time where I'm going to be nailed to a cross without notice. And so I'm telling you these things because in me you can have peace. In me you can have peace. I want to tell you that uh, I'm so grateful that God's blessed me. I, I, the truth is I haven't endured and I'm not asking for problems. Amen. Amen. <laughs> like, I don't want to know more about the peace of God, so God send problems. That's not what I'm saying. I think the Lord that He's blessed me and that that um, life is always sweet with Christ. In fact, I would encourage you, you want to live courageously, begin to give your mornings to Jesus. Just go ahead and dedicate every day. Every morning belongs to you in time with you. Now that can look different for each and every one of us. Some of you will go straight to prayer with God. Some of you will just... I shared with you that when I was in Israel, my roommate on the trip for those uh, 11 days was a, a guy from South Korea named BJ. And every morning about 5 o'clock, BJ would roll over in the bed and simply lay face down on the bed and for two hours just pray. Right? Didn't want anybody to see him. And, you know, didn't want to wake me up just the first two hours of his day, he was just going to flip over. Before his feet touched the floor, he was going to spend two hours with Jesus. What would be different in your life, what would be different in my life, is before our feet touched the ground, we had spent two hours in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, the problems we face when our feet do hit the ground would seem a whole lot less challenging. Don't wait until you're in the midst of a problem to give it to Jesus. Why not go ahead and give your day, your morning to Christ before the problems come? This is what Jesus is saying. I'm not going to wait till, it's, till you're already at the problem. I'm going to tell you before the problem comes so that in me you can have peace when the problem does come. Hear, hear that, please. 
I'm not that doom and gloom guy that everybody may think I am. Listen, I'm not like preaching all of life as trials and drudgery and no, there's no happiness in this world to be found. Man, I love life. I love living every day. I, I love feeling good, right? I don't want to get up and feel bad. I want to wake up happy. I want to wake up feeling good. I want to be able to see my family. I want my family to be doing good. I want to see my church family. I'm so ready when we can just all come together without any worries or, or anything. When everyone can come together safely without the fear of being sick. But again, don't let fear drive what we do. It's a liar. Man, fear will tell you things that just are absolutely not true. But our Lord Jesus Christ warned us about this. Listen, th those who walk with me are still going to face difficulties in this life. I want you to be prepared. This is Christ talking. As the pastor, I want those who listen to me to be prepared of that which the Lord Jesus Christ told us we should be prepared for. So that the people that are under my teaching can have peace when uncertain times come because they've already been told beforehand. When these times come, you can find peace in Christ. You will not find it in the circumstance, and you will not find it in the world. In fact, that's our second point, right? In this world, there is tribulation. In this world, there is tribulation. In this world, there are sorrows. In this world, we lose people we love. In this world, we lose jobs unexpectedly. In this world, we can wake up one morning and our entire lives can seem to have been flipped upside down and inside out. Unexpected news. One phone call away. Should we live life in anticipation of all the bad? Of course not. We ought to live life in light of who Christ is. I've heard so many things about the coronavirus, and, and I don't know what's true and what's not true. I don't know if it's chemical warfare. I don't know if it was created in a lab somewhere. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Uh, we're dealing with it now. And I don't trust the basis of us getting back to life as normal on where this disease started. I trust that in Christ, we'll find the way. That doesn't mean it doesn't matter. It matters. It matters where the disease came from. But ultimately, the only things that number the steps of my days are Jesus Christ. My hope is in Christ. And so people consume themselves with things of the world. This world only brings tribulation. This world only brings sorrow. And yet we're so focused many times on the world that we fail to see what's available through the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't say, in this world there's tribulation, and if you'll find out why, then you can have peace. He says, you can have peace in me, because in this world there's tribulation. Where are you looking for your peace, and do you understand there is tribulation in this world? I don't need to teach you about tribulation. If you've lived any length of time, you know that this world provides enough tribulation. You know that in this world, there's enough sickness. In this world, there is enough pain. In this world, there's darkness. The solution for those things is Jesus Christ. Build your hope and your foundation on Christ and on Christ alone. This is what he's telling the disciples. Hold on, guys. Be ready. Plant your feet firmly. There's peace in me, 
But this world's about to bring some tribulation. Can you imagine what it must have been like for the disciples in the garden? They're tired. They can't stay awake to pray with Christ. The next thing they know, guards have come to arrest their Savior. These words begin to make a lot of sense in just a few days, right? At the time, they're not really gleaning. They're not getting it. Jesus is saying, you're going to have times of sorrow, and I can't stay with you, and I've got to go, and they're still not getting it. They just don't quite understand. This is, this is their Savior. This is their disciple. They're discipling Him. Right? They're walking with Him. They're talking with Him. He is their rabbi. He is their teacher. And He's teaching them something very valuable. Be prepared in this world for trouble. Live life every day to the fullest. Right? Christ says, in me you have life, and you have life more abundantly. We should be living an abundant life. But we live in a world where people get sick and not everyone receives healing. We live in a world where people lose their jobs and not everyone finds a better one the next day. In this life, there's tribulation. But take heart. Take heart. Literally, the Greek means be courageous. I, I love that. Be courageous. I, I wish they would just change this take heart to be courageous. That, you know, there's trouble coming. On the horizon, there are tribulations. Be courageous. I've said many times, I think it's appropriate here, Christianity was never meant to be for cowards. I mean, from the beginning of those who followed Christ, it required complete commitment and a boldness to stand for that which others may persecute you for. It, it, it demanded a boldness that might cost you your life. And the Lord Jesus Christ saying, listen, there's troubles in this world. Be courageous. Don't cower from the world. Don't become a recluse trying to avoid the problems of this world. Be courageous in this world. Now, you will notice that he doesn't say be stupid. All right? He doesn't say be stupid because you can have peace in me. Be courageous in the face of opposition. Don't create opposition. Don't go out looking for problems. In fact, we've been told what? To, as much as possible to live both at peace with God and with man. We don't always have to agree on everything. It's okay that we don't always see eye to eye. We can still live at peace with one another. Now listen, as Christians, there's some things we all have to agree on. But I mean, when you go to work, when you go to play, when you're at the marketplace, everybody doesn't have to be a Christian for you to be at peace with them. That's not what Scripture teaches. Scripture says, if at all possible, live at peace with one another. Whether they're Christians or Buddhists or Hindus, we understand that we want them to come to know Christ because in Christ is the only way to eternal life and security. But we should be at peace with them. We ought to have relationships with people who are following the wrong way. How in the world can we ever have gospel conversations with people about the right way if we don't even have relationships with other people? Live peaceably with others. 
But understand this, this life's going to come with troubles. Be courageous. Stand up for what you believe when the time comes to stand up for what you believe. When the problem comes, our prayers are generally, God, take this problem away. When many times God's answer is, no, but I'll see you through it. Be courageous in the midst of those times. Hold your head up. Right? Look to me. You can have peace, but be courageous. Don't cower. Don't cower. But Lord, how do we in the midst of troubled times stand with courage? The answer from Christ is because I've overcome the world. I've already overcome your tribulation. In Christ there's peace. In the world there's tribulation. But He's already overcome the world. It means peace has already overcome the tribulation of this world. It means that light has overcome the darkness of this world. It means that peace has overcome tribulation in every form. It means life's triumphed over sin and death. It means that good has triumphed over evil. So take heart. Be at peace. Be of good courage. Be courageous. We've already won. And in this life, it seems that there are times when we're losing many battles. But friends, the war has already been fought. The war's already been waged. And victory is already at hand. In fact, when the Lord Jesus Christ tells us, take heart, I've overcome the world. It's the Greek word, right, that, that many of you will tell you. Our English translation is Nike. This is it used right here when he says, I've overcome the world. He uses it in the form of Nako, right, which, which it's come from the base Nike where we get the word victory. So literally what the Lord Jesus Christ says, take heart, I've already won victory over this world. The, the war's been fought. There's not a war yet to be fought about the outcome of whether good wins. That there's not a war that needs to be fought of whether light will win over the darkness. There's not a war that needs to be fought to determine whether peace can really win out over tribulation. The war's already been fought and the victory's already been declared. Jesus Christ says, I have already won. And you find peace in me. Right? Stop fighting your own battles. Christ has already won your battles for you. Do they still wage? Yes. It's what he's warning us about. It's, it's what he's telling his disciples. There will be battles that must be fought. That there will be tribulation. There will be difficult times. But when those times come, seek your peace in me with the knowledge that the battle has already been won. I've already overcome that which you're going through. This ought to get us a little bit excited, right? As the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that I'm going to go through battles, but even when I start, begin, and in the middle of the battle, I am at the start, beginning, middle of a battle that's already been fought and won. I still have to go through them. You still have to go through them. But we don't have to go through them by ourselves. And we don't 
have to go through them with fear. And we don't have to face them with anxiety and worry. And we don't have to go through them wondering whether or not God is with us. We don't have to go through them wondering what the end will be. What will the result of this be? We, we encounter the tribulation. We encounter the battle already knowing that in this world there's trouble. But in Christ there's peace and victory. So I can wake up every day with the peace of God. Whatever today may bring knowing that it's already been won in Christ Jesus. What's it mean? Practically, what's it, what does that look like? Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying this, that even in the midst of whatever struggles you may be facing, even though we have to go through them, we already have victory over them, and we can have peace in the midst of them. As a pastor, it's been my privilege many a times to sit by a godly man or woman as they leave this world for the next and many of them have been sick for a long time and their families have watched them have watched them physically become weaker and weaker and weaker and more frail have endured what it's like to see a loved one diminish physically and to celebrate a home going while at the same time mourning the loss of a loved one. This passage applies to that circumstance and situation just as it does any other. That even though I must go through this time, I can have peace with God and in God. And I can be assured that whatever the outcome looks like, it's victory. As many people have stated and written, and even as um, Tony Evans' family at his wife's funeral pronounced in, in a beautiful and eloquent way, uh, his son said, either way we win. When we see loved ones battling sickness and disease, we have peace because either way we win. No matter what happens here, we win. No, no matter what takes place, it's already been overcome. What do you mean? Well, God can heal those people. And in that, we've had victory. Or those folks can graduate and go home to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And guess what? That is the ultimate victory. It's the ultimate victory. When you see someone suffering in pain and battling a sickness for a long period of time. And you pray, God, would you, would you heal this person? My mother, my wife, my aunt, my father, my husband. There's, whatever happens, there's victory. God can say yes and heal them. That's what God can do. That's, that's who God is. There's nothing impossible for God. Or God can simply welcome them home into his presence. In both cases, is victory for the believer. Jesus would say, have peace. Have peace. Your loved one has overcome this world. They've overcome their battle with sickness and pain. There's no more pain and no more sickness. Why? Because I've already overcome death, hell, sin, the grave. Your, your loved one doesn't have to face those things. I've already faced them for them. Your loved one just gets to take one breath here and the next in heaven. That's victory. 
Does it diminish the pain we feel watching loved ones? It doesn't. No, that's the battle. That's what Jesus is saying. There's sorrow, there's trouble, there's tribulation. This hurts. It's real. And even though we've already won victory over it, it doesn't diminish the pain we feel through, in, and after those circumstances. But what it does tell us is we can have peace. We can be at ease. We can face it with courage. Because the victory has already been won. I would just challenge it today. If you, if you face no trials in your life, praise God, you are blessed, right? And we're not asking for trials to come if we don't have any trials right now. Give it time, all right? Give it some time. If you live long enough, trials come. All by themselves. Out of nowhere, in a phone call, or a doctor's visit. And when those times do come, have peace. It's impossible to have peace on your own. Listen, you, you can't find peace in the world. You can't find peace in your circumstances. So the peace doesn't come from just trying really hard to be at peace. The peace comes by giving it completely to God and Christ. To say, Christ, I give you these problems fully. I know that there's pain there, and I know there's struggles there, and I know I'm going through those things, but I give it to you completely. And when I give it to you completely, I already know the outcome. And so though it hurts, though we may mourn, though we may struggle, we can be at peace because we know that the outcome is victory. It's victory. That, that's what this passage says Right, the victory was not in, oh, Jesus didn't get crucified. Right? So, so the disciples could have prayed, God, don't allow our teacher, don't allow our rabbi, don't allow our master to have to go through this. And many people in the world will tell you today, well, God didn't answer prayer. There wasn't victory there. He was crucified and died. And I would say to them, if he didn't die, there couldn't be an empty tomb. And, and victory is found in the empty tomb, not only for Christ over death, but for all those who believe in Christ. And so the resurrection provides us evidence that God has overcome the world and us as well through him. Listen, I'm not saying you have to be happy with your circumstances, but I'm telling you, you can be happy in your circumstances. I'm telling you that as believers, we need to get the right perspective even about the troubles in this world. Friends, enjoy the good times. Live it up. In Christ, man, we, we are given freedom and liberty and, and we have so much to enjoy in this life. He's given us friends and family and many of us children and, and just uh, if you have a job, He's given you a job and, and He's blessed you with these things to enjoy life. I don't want to give the impression that because we live in a world where there is tribulation, that we live in a world where there's no joy. There is joy in life. I want to encourage you, live your life. Don't waste it. Live your life. Live it for Christ, but live it to the very fullest. Enjoy the time you have. We've got two kids within the next two years or so that are going to be going off to college. 
We need to spend these next two years enjoying our time with those two because our time's going to become more limited once they leave home and go to college. Enjoy life together. This life's way too short to go through it always looking over your shoulder for tribulation. When the tribulation comes, you're ready. When the tribulation comes, you'll be prepared. When the tribulation comes, you've already won in that affair because Christ has already overcome whatever tribulation comes your way. So enjoy life. Live every day to the fullest. It is a very precious thing that God has given us when he breathed the breath of life into us. It's also too short to be angry with one another. It's too short to carry hatred in our heart. It's, it's too short to hold grudges against others. Our life's too short. Let those things go. They are holding you imprisoned. They're only hurting you. Let go of those things. Life's too short. Live life to the fullest. Love every day. Give every day to God. Spend your mornings with Him. But friends, know this. When problems come, and they will, you will have peace in the midst of that problem if your life is built on Christ and our hope is found in Him. And if our hope is found in Christ and we acknowledge we have victory in Him, even though we must go through painful days at times, and even though we suffer through circumstances we would never wish, we've already overcome those. So be at peace. Give them to God. He's already won them. Understand that victory comes in various ways. But always in the way God desires, and that's always what's best for us and Him as well. And when you give those circumstances to Him, be courageous, but you can be courageous and at the same time stand up, take heart, victory is yours. Amen? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to look at your word, and we thank you that you have already overcome the things of this world. Help us to focus our hearts and minds on the fact that in you is peace. In you we have peace that pass, passes all understanding, Lord. In you we have peace in the midst of the deepest and darkest battles we'll ever face, and yet we have peace through the good times as well. Because our life is built upon you. And so Lord help us to live every day to the fullest. Enjoying every day of life that you give us. Loving one another. And Lord when troubles come and they will. Help us to already know. That we're on good footing. A good foundation. And the victory has already been obtained in Christ Jesus. Help us to live as though we understand that we are victorious. Lord, help us to live courageously. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.